Welcome to Sisterly Insights, an opportunity to explore ideas and philosophies that can help you live a fuller, empowered life through meditation and so much more. I'm your host, Debbie Mueller. As the founder of Patterns for Living, I'm dedicated to guiding people in how to make healthy choices to bring their lives into balance. The conversations shared here are offered to give you an opportunity to look more deeply into your personal experience and delve into concepts that can help you find ways to make life more enjoyable and joyful. If you want to participate in a meditation experience, join me at Sisterly Insights, The Practice, when you are in a quiet place and time. The guided meditations will help you assimilate the information presented in our conversations. So I'm joined today by the Ohm Sisters, Amelia, Jeannie, Paulette, and Shirley. We welcome you to this episode's conversation. Hello. Hello. Hi. In this session, we're going to be discussing how the relaxation response and breath work used in preparing for meditation have an impact in many other areas of our lives. This offers insight into relieving stress, finding peace and calm wherever we may be. So Jeannie, how about sharing how you've learned to move into meditation? What's your process to prepare physically? Well, generally I try to, to do my meditations first thing in the morning. I like to get up earlier when it's quiet. Um, now and again, I have to shift that if days don't allow for it, and I'll weave it into the day at a different point. But I go either into my bedroom or the guest room. I open the shades or drapes. I open the window. I like to have fresh air in, in the space I'm in. And most of the time I'll sit cross-legged. Some of the times I, I'm just in the mode to have both feet planted mm -hmm. and have them just knees up yeah. and um, either put my palms together or uh, fingers together, uh, tongue behind my uh, teeth, mm -hmm. and just get myself kind of grounded and centered into my space. Um, and often I will either choose to have a background sound of either rain or babbling brook mm -hmm. if I'm choosing to just do a silent meditation. Other times I will choose to use a guided meditation, mm -hmm. and um, which generally starts off with a breathing technique. Excellent. Shirley, how is what you do the same or different from what Jeannie does? When I first started meditating, I always um, probably started out the way that Jeannie does, um, and I was much more disciplined than I am right now. Um, I'm retired, so I have a, a much more flexible schedule mm -hmm. probably than Jeannie does. So I very seldom meditate at the same time anymore. Um, I just sort of do it when it's convenient for me. I think it's, it is very mm -hmm. helpful, though, if you have... Um, the same place to go to when you yeah. meditate every day. Um, it sort of tunes your body into going, oh, this is where I'm going to get set when mm -hmm. I meditate. And, you, and so your body automatically prepares itself for the meditation process. Um, I usually cross my legs and sit in the same chair. A lot of people will 
just sit in a normal um, feet flat on the ground thank chair. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, normally I have one hand on top of the other mm-hmm. when I meditate. Sometimes I'll even I'll have my hands on top of my knees when I meditate. Um, and then I will take several deep breaths mm-hmm. and I'll breathe in and out through my nose. When I breathe in, I'll extend my stomach. When I breathe out, I bring my stomach back in. And that process begins to relax my body and my mm-hmm. relax my shoulders down. I sort of bring my chest and my back out a little bit and a little more of an S curve. And that whole process begins to just sort of relax my body. And that way, my mind kind of settles down a little bit, gets rid of that little chatter that you have in the yeah. back of your mind a little. And then as you go through that process, then... Um, you know, you just sort of get into the whole relaxation thing. Um, I don't usually have any background music on <laughs> or or anything like that. I just let my mind go and let the, the thoughts kind of linger or flow through as they need to. And usually before I begin meditation, I'll have a question that I want answered or I'll have some goal in mind that I'm reaching for um, and then I just kind of wait for something to happen or something to come up into my mind mm-hmm. and I wait for an answer for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Great. Kind of that muscle memory puts you in the right place yes, and, it is. Yeah. and then you uh, can take it from there. Yeah, and that's more of a formal process but you don't have to to, to sit or go through that whole process to meditate either because you right. can be in a crowded area with people are around you, you can be walking and meditate also. Yeah. There are different yeah. ways to get there, but that's kind of exactly. the normal process for me if I'm going through a day-to-day. Exactly. And that is one of the things that when you're first starting to meditate, it's so much easier if you actually do have a process and you follow that right. and really get the experience so that when you are in a crowded place or a place where it's a little noisier, your body already knows how to get there. So, yeah, great. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Amelia, what have you found are the physical responses that you experience when you are in meditation? Um, it's funny because this morning I was, I was thinking about that. <laughs> in my meditation, and I had a childhood flashback to something uh, we used to do as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to sail on a small boat. Had a tiny galley. But I remember my dad, we had this alcohol stove. So you pour a little alcohol in the stove, you, you pump the stove with this little knob in and out several times before you can light the flame. Okay. And I think that's what happens in meditation with the breathing, because it's almost like getting ready to scuba dive or something and go into greater depths. Mm-hmm. That breathing, it primes the pump, and then I feel like the blood rushes to my head, and I just go into this deeply relaxed state after a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. It used to take probably several minutes to get there. I feel like I can get, get there like within a minute mm-hmm. now because I've been doing it for so long. And my my head feels kind of heavy, mm-hmm. but, but it's just like a, a calm, I don't know, like a fog between the ears. I don't know how mm-hmm. to describe mm-hmm. it. It's just a really pleasant feeling. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not even aware of it till near the end that 
even though I feel really relaxed I mean, my face is actually kind of tightened up. Mm-hmm. It's like the more I relaxed I feel inside, mm-hmm. my my facial muscles, it's almost towards the end, I'm like, oh, relax your face. But then when I do, mm-hmm. it sort of takes me out of my Zen moment a little bit mm-hmm. more. And then different meditations on different mornings, or it's usually in the mornings, sometimes it's in the evenings, affect me different ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm very still, and sometimes I find myself, my head's sort of towards the end kind of weaving like there's music but there isn't any music it's mm-hmm. just what my head happens to be doing that day mm-hmm. sometimes towards the end of it my 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 head just drops my chin and my head just drops like such relaxation that it's just boom I'm done which is very kind of strange right but that's what happens and it's happened in here yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, it probably just means that's what I needed to have happen that day and right. I was thinking about when I first started doing this, I think it was harder to get to that point because I was so eager to get there right. that I didn't know how to get there, which I know sounds strange, but it's all I can say is it's like that analogy of a, a watch pot never boils. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you're so caught up in the anticipation that really you just have to let yourself go to let the flame come up and give you that source of wisdom or that knowledge that's just deep in your depths that's mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. that you have, or that's coming from some outer source, from who knows where, but mm-hmm. give it a chance, just relax enough to let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the experience can actually vary, and yet there's a lot of familiarity to right. it at the same time. Yeah. Great. Paula. What works for you as you move into meditation, and how do you feel during a meditative session? Well, I have a room, uh, a chair in my bedroom, and um, what's really amazing about it, my body knows when it goes into that chair, that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm, say I'm not moving into my meditation, and maybe it's in the afternoon for some reason, and I'm on a, a break or from work or whatever, and I just sit in the chair, I could feel my body want to really go into a meditative state. So my body loves my chair. <laughs> but yes. um, I will, I start with my eyes open mm-hmm. and do a lot of um, deep breathing, really deep breathing. And then I close my eyes and um, get into a normal breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that as I have said before, I don't do a guided meditation. Everything I pick up my pan, my paper and my no, yeah, my notebook right, and pen, right. and that's the only way I could start writing is if I first relax myself mm-hmm. with breathing and everything, and then I will write. Uh, then after I write, I do the process again of closing my eyes and breathing and calming myself down, and wait to hear the message from what I was writing. Wow. So that's the way. I I do guided meditations uh, every once in a while, but I seem to fall asleep for some reason. So the writing helps me to be present. So it's more participative. Yeah. And you're really there. Right. But that works for me um, and and makes me. And there are days I, I will skip and say, oh, I don't have time this morning. I'll do it at night. And my day just isn't as calming. <laughs> doesn't flow as well. It doesn't flow as well. 
So that's, that's how it works for me. Well, one of the most important parts of learning to meditate is what's called pranayama, the control of your breath. And you've all mentioned that you do the breathing. Uh, when I start working with clients, one of the things that I find is that they don't really know how to breathe, or they've forgotten how to breathe effectively. Breath and thought are so interwoven, and we can actually bring our thoughts under control when we learn to breathe slowly deeply and using the full capacity of our lungs. Shirley, what has learning to breathe in this way done for you? It's tremendously helpful. Um, it helps you to stop and think before you take action on almost anything, especially in very, very stressful situations. Um, Recently, I was involved in a very stressful situation that I'll share with you, and um, I had a brother who was in ICU, and a sister-in-law who was also very sick, and she was going in to visit him, and she couldn't make it into the room without crying, and which was not the thing to do for the best thing for him. So I pulled her back out of the room and we talked for a while and I said, you know, there's a way that you can control that through your breathing. And if you take a deep breath and just hold it for a few seconds and then let it out, take another deep breath, hold it for a few seconds and then let it out and continue to do that. Put your mind in a different place. Think of whatever you feel comfortable with and continue to breathe like that until that urge to fall apart leaves you. And then when that's gone, continue to talk to him and stay in the room with him. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. Just try it. Try it, and I'll be there with you. And if you feel like you can't do it, we'll, we'll come up with a signal. I'll come over and get you, and we'll leave the room together. And we'll do this all day. Because she was there all day with him. So we... we went together with that little pack and she did it and at the end of the day she came over to me and hugged me and said I cannot believe how well that worked mm -hmm. just the ability to be able to stop myself do the deep breath put myself in another place it just relaxed me so much that I could control that urge to just fall apart mm -hmm. so if you once you learn wow. to really control your breath and your emotions that way just that simple, simple thing, it's, it's unbelievable what it can, it can do for your life. And it's a great thing to learn. Absolutely. What, a, what an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for teaching us that. Well, Paulette, what do you use pranayama or controlled breathing for? I am learning, right now I'm on this path to learn more about breathing because I'm just coming to realize how important it is. And mm. I remember, what, what is the breathing when you hold one side of your... The, alternate you, nostril. The, the alternate mm -hmm. nostril that you do with us. Mm -hmm. When I do that, I almost feel that like that's a cleansing breath. Mm -hmm. I could feel almost like it's detoxifying my body. Mm -hmm. Almost like a menthol feeling in my nose yeah it does it feels like a mental feeling and that's so 
it's almost like every different breathing I use for different situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one when you go real deep in your throat, right, and say the uh, the ha out yeah, of your right. breath, the ujjayi breathing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that feels so good down in my my the core here. Right. So I try. It all depends on the situation where I try different breathing techniques. Mm-hmm to see what helps me and the one Shirley just talked about too I use that a lot when I'm stressed mm-hmm. when you have to do the very deep mm-hmm. the deep breathing and hold it and then let it go and then I try the one more in yoga where we breathe to the stomach hold mm-hmm. it then breathe to the chest and hold it and bring. it's just fascinating on what these different breathing techniques can do for you in different situations in your life. Mm-hmm. So we've learned so much here about that. And um, yeah. so it's I'm like a drug, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 no, no, it really it is. is. Sure, a positive yeah. drug. I know. Want a, a real, one. a really it's, healthy one. Yeah, exactly, really healthy one. So it's like, okay, what breathing pill do I want to take this morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, so I really want to learn more and more about it. Great. Jeannie, when do you use the breathing process you've learned, and what does it do for you? Well, for me, the daily meditation I start with generally in the morning is a followed path through the nostril, down the throat, into the lungs, Mm -hmm. push out the stomach, and follow the path up. This sets the tone for my day because, for me, doing this followed breath connects me to myself more than anything I've Mm -hmm. done lately. I really become focused and mindful with me, and it helps to ground and center me incredibly. Mm -hmm. And by doing this, I feel like I'm able to then move into my meditation and gain so many more insights and uh, a sense of peace and calm that it really, uh, like you were saying, that it sets the tone for the day. And... um, I have found through all the techniques of breathing and just the awareness of breath now mm-hmm. through our classes, uh, not only do I start my morning with it, but as I progress through the day, I'll often find as I'm getting stressed or even simply driving, and that can be stressful, that I'm holding my breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, yes, yeah, yeah, how often through the day breath, right? I'm on a phone call or something happens and all of a sudden I stop and think, I am not breathing. Yeah. I'm not centered. I'm not grounded. I'm not peaceful. And what does it all come back to? Breath. Yeah. Simply breathing. And um, just on a last note, an experience I had with the alternate nostril breathing, mm-hmm. I had to go for a treadmill. And mm-hmm. I was connected to everything, waiting for the doctor to come in and watching my heart rate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know all of the mental aspects that I gain through breath, mm-hmm. but physically, to connect the dots with being connected to this, the heart rate, waiting for my, my test, and watching how fast my heart was beating, I, I sat in there and I started to do the alternate nostril breathing mm-hmm. technique, and I literally connect the dots, watching my heart oh, rate, yeah. oh, it, it totally, my heart rate went down, mm-hmm. and I thought, it isn't just in my head that I feel good after doing the breathing yeah. techniques. I literally can physically change how I'm feeling 
and how my heart is beating. That's mm-hmm. just I'm trying to do that for my blood pressure. Yes. yes. And, and it does. I mean, I watched it happen on the screen. Yes. So it was, it was incredibly uh, enlightening, and it, it just gave you that additional feedback. You know, keep doing it because it right. works. Yeah, because right. it does work. Yeah. Yeah. So, Amelia, tell us about your experience with learning to breathe. Um, it's definitely helped with getting into the meditation. Um, we've, I've personally been going through a lot of big life changes in the past few years, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had moments of feeling very anxious about things, and mm-hmm. uh, everything that we've learned about breathing in this class, um, I realized too that when I'm really feeling the most stressed, I'm reminded that that's usually when you're, you're breathing mostly from your chest rather than your belly. So now when I'm feeling very reactive about something or upset about something, I, I, I literally say, uh, breathe from the belly, breathe from the belly, and it's just like, have to go back down there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this fall, I, September last year, I was in a really bad bike accident, and I right. had five ribs out of place, and I had separated cartilage, and I had to go through a lot of... I didn't realize what it was at first, and I went for weeks without... Finally, I went to the chiropractor, and I, I ended up having some fascia work by an osteopath on the street. And he taught me a lot more about mm-hmm. the process with working on my rib area and expanding my breathing. And it was it was painful to breathe the way I wanted to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, belly breaths were hard to do. Right. But he gave me some exercises to do, and, and with that and my meditation... Um, it's it's just fascinating to me. I, I actually have been reading a book called Breathology, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful book. I, I, I really uh, have learned a lot from it. It's, it's written by this free diver who can hold his breath for minutes, which wow. just really interests me as you know, somebody that swims, and, and, and I, I, I'm a late bloomer at swimming, and it fascinates me to see people that can just hold their breath forever, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so... Even though I hadn't been swimming that much this fall because of my injury, working on that fascia work, working on my breathing techniques, for the first time in seven years of training miles and miles and miles, I was able to swim a length of a pool without a breath. And I've never been able to do that in my life. And I know it's not because I was training for, for four days a week and swimming six miles a week. It's because of the breath work. Mm-hmm. And so that breath work is now making me feel more confident when I'm you know, still working on uh, discomfort of swimming under big waves. Mm-hmm. Now that I know I can hold my breath longer, it's going to make me a calmer swimmer when I'm doing mm-hmm. ocean swimming. That's great. Excellent. That's great. That's so that's big huge deal. for me because yeah. I was definitely a fearful swimmer yeah. when I started out. Yeah. It's a process working on it. That's, that's so just breathing amazing. can affect you in so many ways, whether it's a crisis or your hobby or your day-to-day mm-hmm. life or mm-hmm. traffic or responding to loved one's needs. You know. And it's something you can do without any special equipment. Right. Yeah. So right. it's really right there. Great. Well, finally for this session, what's the most important single message you can share with listeners about learning to relax and breathe? Paulette? Uh, just that it's it's not as as, it's not as difficult as as you would think it is. It's it's just a simple practice to become aware of it. I 
I feel mm-hmm. like I, once you become aware of how how much how breathing is so important. Um, this is for me. I'm just aware now how important breathing is, and my blood pressure has been a little high, and I do not want to take blood pressure pills mm-hmm. unless I would absolutely have to, and maybe that is why I'm getting into the breathing more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that um, for me, just learning about breath and relaxing can change your life. Mm-hmm. And and maybe, you know, we've all experienced that it's been bringing changes in all of our lives. Yeah. The simple thing of just breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Jeannie, how about for you? Oh, I second that. It, it is such an absolutely simple thing that we take for granted because we just do it without mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. And But by actually thinking about it and becoming in tune to it, the benefit and gift from breath, besides connecting with yourself, becoming more mindful in what you're doing, grounding, serenity, peace, it just uh, can just expand your love of self, love of everyone around you, (laughs) and just make you a happier person. And I think it's just a great gift. Amelia? I think it's it's uh, something that the not doing is harder than the, than the doing, like a lot of things in life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me remind. It kind of reminds me to do other things that I've been avoiding or haven't been doing as consistently. You know, because you're like, oh, I got that down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The days I don't do it, I really feel it, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. in a good way. It's just usually I'm just feeling more stressed, more reactive than mm-hmm. if I had gotten it fitted in. I mean. Really, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. I think on days you have a hard day, an emotionally hard day, do it on your lunch hour. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. extra sessions because you probably need the extra TLC <laughs> yeah. for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. It's self-love, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? completely. And no one can do that for you, and it doesn't cost anything. That's right. And it, okay. you know, it's just, it's really easy to do. And the more you do it, the more you want to want to do it yeah Yeah. it's not gonna be hard to do it so you're just gonna crave it like exactly it'll be up there with chocolate Shirley how about for you I think it's really important not to get hung up on the process Mm -hmm. Um, because I think a lot of people do get hung up on the process whether you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong no matter what kind of breathing it is and to just have fun with it because it is fun Mm mm-hmm isn't that fun Absolutely. to try yes. the different techniques? That's yes, nice. absolutely. Great. Well, this has been a lot of fun tonight. And uh, so let's make sure that we keep this conversation going. And to take these ideas even further, please listen to Sisterly Insights, the practice to participate in a guided meditation. Thank you for joining us for our conversation and exploration of relaxation and breath. We hope you'll join us for a future conversation.